Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience 2020 Northern Trust DraftKings picks and preview each by a range. You want to jump to a range? You hit the description of the podcast or video and you can find the time codes like you can for every other show. It's easy stuff. You shouldn't take you this long to figure that out. Give your head a shake if you haven't figured that out. Yeah, but before you give your head a shake or maybe even after you give your head a shake, smash the like button to the video. Tell me your favorite sleeper on DraftKings in the comment section of this video and for the audio podcast listeners i got some big ass for everyone out there listening on apple Podcasts or spotify or the new home on anchor or stitcher wherever it might be rate the show five stars that'd be great but also if you hit the description of the video or podcast you will find a link for the mayo media network the new youtube channel where this video will begin to appear sometime within the next two weeks so please go subscribe to that if you just help out the show just help me out go subscribe to it takes you like two seconds all right thank you for that. Also, fantasynational.com slash mayo gets you 20% off the best stats and tool site in the biz. Most customizable searches, ownership projections, simulator, lineup generator. It's all there for you. There's no picks. You make your own picks. You just let the tools do the work for you. 20% off with fantasynational.com slash mayo. And the listeners league still has spots in it. There's like a thousand spots left. This is Tuesday, people. What are we doing here? This is usually filled by like Monday. I get that golf is coming to its conclusion, but let's fill the listeners league. The PME open, the link is in the description of this video or podcast for the 2020 Northern Trust. Joining me, from DKNation.com, a regular on the show. It's DJ, Jazzy, Jeff, Ulrich. What's happening? Not much, Pat. I gave my head a shake this morning, and, you know, I'm just sitting here drowning in Jim Herman bucks this week, so everything's going great. Yeah, well, I mean, I remember uh, you being out there, being the only one out there being like, you know who's going to win this week? Jim Herman, yeah. 600 to 1. you got to take him. Totally. That was me. <laughs> the, the no, shitty- I mean, I... I I was gonna say the shitty part about Herman winning is that like everyone loses. Like if Horschel won, I would have lost. But at least people would have won. And then with Herman, it just wasn't the case. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I don't even know if there are that many people on Billy Horschel. I'm sure there were definitely some people on Billy Horschel more than Jim Herman. But um, it was uh, yeah, it, it was one of those weeks where you know the timeline was very dry after the the event ended, uh, except for um, Tour Picks, who obviously came through with the, the massive uh, week. That was really cool to see. But um, other than that, um, yeah, not much going on. Yeah, this happens once or twice a year when you get the out-of-nowhere winner. The The biggest one I remember is when Ted Potter won at Pebble Beach and he was like 0.1% owned or something insane like that, that the winning lineup yeah. all of a sudden doesn't need to have the winner in it. And the winning lineup did not have Jim Herman in it because no one played fucking Jim Herman. So some weeks you can skate by. I don't feel like this is going to be one of those weeks, though. I, I hope not. I mean, a playoff of that, you know, maybe we'll get like the, uh, uh, I don't know, I'm just looking at the bottom here. Brian Gay is going to win. I, you know, that would be about the equivalent. Uh, don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, we have Adam Long comes to mind when Long shot winners recently, but yeah, I, I don't think we'll be getting one of those weeks. So, you know, someone, someone at the top always wins this. Uh, just, just watch out when KH Lee ends up winning and it's like, oh, good. This is fun. Uh, either way, what were your initial impressions on the pricing for the Northern Trust at TPC Boston, par 71, over 7,300 yards, bent grass greens. We've seen this course a bunch of times over the years. It just didn't happen to be on the schedule in 2019. So the last time we saw it was 2018, and Bryson won that year. Back-to-back wins for Bryson. 
Yeah, back-to-back playoff wins that year for Bryson. That has happened quite a bit in the playoffs. So always something to take uh, note of. Obviously, it's three playoff events instead of four now. So, I mean, when there was four, you almost always have a player win twice. Billy Ho did it. Bryson did it. Probably someone else did it that I'm forgetting. But uh, that was kind of a trend. Uh, you, you know, the course is – I'm glad it's back in the rotation. I think it's a really cool course. It's, it's kind of – it's got scoring holes. It's got tough holes. The par five coming in, you know, it's almost like a must birdie. Big swings can happen. I think it's a really cool venue to watch um, from, a, you know, just a, a player perspective. It, it kind of brings in different kind of uh, styles. And then back to the question you actually asked me, which was my first impression of the pricing – I really, I, I really want to play a lot of players in the 7K range. I mean, I'll tell you that. I'm not sure if that says it's it's too soft or anything, but it's basically, you know, I, I would say maybe even a tad touch softer than what we saw at the uh, the WGC a couple events ago, the last kind of uh, elite field, limited field event. I guess it's, it's a bit of an limited field. It's 125 players. But, I mean, um, you know, the, the high 7Ks look like there's, there's a lot of players in there that, that have – uh, value and then I would say the one difference from the PGA for me is you don't have guys like Morikawa hanging out there at 8.5k anymore. So I think it's forcing you to make a bit better decision, a bit tougher decisions, I should say, in that range. Uh, the, the PGA Championship pricing, as it is for many majors, was definitely a lot softer on DraftKings. Um, this one feels a little bit tighter in that range, so uh, tougher decisions to make at the top. I think. So if we go above the $10,000 threshold, there are five players up there this week the most expensive being justin thomas not a big surprise on that one he actually won here in 2017 so before bryson there was justin thomas he's 11-3 then bryson the defending champion at this course 11-1 rory's 10-8 he's won twice at this venue dustin has three consecutive top 20 finishes at tpc boston is at 10-4 and then my guy colin morikawa the guy can't not win he's 10.2 uh, from a betting perspective, I saw that there was drift on Morikawa. He was down to 25 to one. So I bet that and Rory and Morikawa are my two favorite guys, uh, from above $10,000 this week. Yeah. I mean, let, why don't we talk about Morikawa first? Because, uh, I mean, I agree. It, it's it, like, what does this guy have to do to kind of get, you know, better and better in the, in the DraftKings perspective and in the betting odds and Dustin Johnson, I mean, um, DJ obviously going up from 9K to 10-4. I mean, he deserved a bump, but, you know, Morikawa probably deserved a bit of a better bump. All he's done is destroy these players for the most part over the last few months. 10-2, um, obviously they're, they're forcing you to make some decisions now, which is good. You know, we're not getting like 9K Morikawa, which would have been an utter disaster. But I kind of agree with you in the odds. I mean, my one of my first impressions this week was probably just bet Morikawa if he's over 20-1 to 1 because um, with the form he's in, uh, it, it's very like 2015 Spiethian, like where it just feels like this guy's so zoned in. Um, he's, he's performing so well under pressure that other win is probably coming. And at 25 to one, like you said, man, I mean, that, that is a very good price. And for DraftKings, again, um, you know, you, you talk about Rory and Morikawa. I'm definitely in on Morikawa at that price. I have no qualms playing him again. I mean, you can make like the, the major hangover argument, I guess, but I'm not even going to bother with that with a player who just, you know, he won, he won four weeks before the major. There's no hangover there for, for him. So um, the, the guy I'm really not interested in playing is definitely Dustin Johnson. I was not, you know, that, that driver for Dustin Johnson just seems like it's, it's not back to, to full strength. I mean, yeah, he's still hitting it pretty far, but spraying it so much in the final round of the PGA. Um, that is a player, you know, and again, with the price bump up uh, $1,400, I get that he's got the, the pretty good record at, uh, 
at TPC Boston, but she's not really that interested in playing Dustin Johnson. And I'm probably going to skip Rory as well. I mean, I, I'm just kind of through with Rory right now, especially in this range. Um, still killing it off the tee. Still can't put it together. Yeah, it's a great course, but um, rather much rather play Bryson. Yeah, I, I, I can see like if you were betting a head-to-head, would you go Bryson over Rory? Probably at this point, especially with the way that Bryson's putting. Yeah. And that just seems to be continuous week after week after week. I'm just thinking that you get a discount on Rory, and it does finally feel like people are stepping off on Rory just a little bit. It's not to say that he won't be owned, because he will be owned. He's going to be in the double digits for sure. But I don't think he'll be as owned as Thomas, Bryson, Morikawa, or John Rahm, who's an even $10,000, who, you know, yeah. Take that number one player in the world. You get to be the sixth highest priced guy. Maybe, maybe that should just be the move. You're like, oh, yeah, John Rahm is 10,000. Just play John Rahm, um, as he would set up really well for this event, too. But I, for whatever reason, I like the history that Rory has at this event. He tends to play well in the FedEx Cup playoffs overall. That if you can construct a team like I like Morikawa objectively better, I'll use more Morikawa. But I think I will have teams where I start Rory Morikawa and then work my way down from there because I don't love the nine k's as much as others like I, I don't see a distinct difference between like the middle to the 8k to the upper nines and i think that there is a huge gap after john rom here yeah i i, I mean I, I disagree to some extent because there's a couple players i mean mainly just jason day in the 9k range that i really want to play this week i think jason day sets up very well uh for a win here i mean just again we haven't quite seen jason day get completely hot fire putting and uh, the rest of his game just rounding into form. And again, TPC Boston, kind of a, 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 like a, just an all-around course. I mean, yeah, obviously we, we've seen Rory, JT, Bryson win here, big hitters off the tee, but those guys all had really good uh, around the green game weeks. They putted well. They were just in good form. I mean, JT won coming off the major championship win, which maybe gives some more credence to a guy like Morikawa who's just playing well in all facets. But to me, Jason Day is really that guy right now too. Just kind of firing on all cylinders with his approach game, led the field in approaches at the PGA Championship. And we don't have to talk about how good his short game and putting can be. And it's been definitely rounding into formulate. So I definitely like Jason Day in that range. Um, I'm going to play him chalk or not. But I, I kind of get your point uh, about, you know, the difference uh, between the, the 9K range and the rest of the guys. I mean, uh, for me at the top, it's going to probably be Bryson over JT. I like the putting uh, with Bryson. I just feel like, again, the rest of his game is a bit sharper. And for this course, I'm okay going Bryson over JT because I, I really sort of fear that JT can bring the, just that bad putting week. Obviously, we're talking about like small differences here, but we got we to gotta make some decisions, right? So for me, that's kind of where I'm looking at the top guys. Do like Jason Day in that 9K range. And I think the player I'm definitely going to be out on in the 9K range is, is Xander Shoffley. So. so Xander is $9,700. He's the most expensive 9K guy. Then it's Webb at 9.5, Day at 9.3, Cantlay at 9.2, Brooks at 9.1, and then an even $9,000, you got Patrick Reed. I got stars next to two of these guys. I'm still trying to figure out if I want to play Cantlay or not. But Cantlay is one of them, and then Reed. It seems... To me, like every I wrote up Reed on Sunday on Monday morning in my article, and I've seen basically everyone say bet Patrick Reed this week. He's thirty to one. I've bet Patrick Reed at thirty to one this week. Uh, he's you know a T thirteen, T nine, and one of them is a PGA Championship. One is in, one is the Wyndham, but he had top tens three consecutive years before two thousand eighteen at TPC Boston. And it does seem like the driving and irons are picking up. It's the putter that's letting him down. Now, if he can continue to hit these irons at the rate that he's doing right now and just 
turns back into Patrick Reed on the greens, he can win this for sure. He loves one of the Northern Trust too. It's his event. It's true. Yeah. I mean, this is going for the trifecta this year. Um, I, look, I got nothing bad to say about Patrick Reed. And you're right. I mean, he, he is starting to fire with his irons a little bit at the window, which is always scary because Reed, you know, a big putting week with Reed is, is coming eventually, right? So I think the only argument I have against playing Patrick Reed is probably going to be chalky, like you said, if everyone is writing him up early in the week. But there's good reason for him to be. He's got a good course history here. He's got uh, three, like, top sixes or something in, in, in three of his last four starts at TPC Boston. So he's come close at this venue. I think it's a good venue for him. He's great around the greens. He can scramble around the, the drivable par fours and stuff. So him having success here, it makes a ton of sense to me. My thing with Patrick Reed, and this is just a personal bias, I'm betting him big time at the U.S. Open this year. I love Patrick Reed at Wingfoot. So, I mean, I guess I'll drop that on, on the show, whatever. But um, I'm probably just going to keep fading him until we get to the U.S. Open for that reason and just hope that's where he puts it all together. I do still think he makes for a fine DraftKings play at 9K. Um, like you said, there are some players in the 8K range who, objectively speaking, probably you could just go down and, and make this the – the argument that a guy like Paul Casey playing very well at 8,500 or something like that, or even just going out at Tiger and saving money, probably better like pure DraftKings values, sure. But um, for me, going down in this low 9K range off of Shoffley, and that's kind of the reason I, I don't really like Shoffley this week. He just feels overpriced. You can go to Reed. You can go to even Cantley. Obviously, I like Day, but those can't like Cantley, Reed, and even make the argument Webb Simpson, like those guys should be priced around the same as Shoffley for what he's done. Uh, Shoffley's still getting kind of like that. He's just been so consistent. I guess uh, the price just hasn't come down, but you know, to go up $300 to Rom or to just go down to Reed, it just makes too much sense for me. And Shoffley always get garners some ownership. He's a very popular DraftKings player. So it's not like, I think he's going to be 5% owned at 9,700. I think he'll still be one of the more popular plays. So that's kind of why I'm getting around, getting to the fading Shoffley uh, argument this week, completely fine with Reed. Just, might be an ownership fade for me. Does seem like Day could be the most popular play on this slate, which is kind of crazy to think about where Day was at like three months ago. Yeah. But he comes in with the best yeah. recent form of any player, just top 10, top 10, top 10. It looks like he's getting really close to that win. I'm with you. I think that's the ownership fade that I'm going to make, just because I like other guys equivalent or even maybe a little bit better in the 9K. There are two guys, though, that just seemingly no one wants a part of. Webb is one of them, and Brooks mm -hmm. is one of them. Webb's won here before. Like you get like seven percent Webb. Like it sounds pretty good. Yeah, it kind of goes to I, I I like Webb as a tournament pivot as well, and I definitely play Webb over Brooks at this point. And I think it kind of goes to some of the narrative around the course with Webb. Um, yeah, TPC Boston definitely like it's a little bit of a driver heavy course for sure. The average driving distance is is bigger than than uh, you know the tour average, but at the same time, it's not like we haven't seen the shorter hitters and, and the guys like Webb do well here. Chris Kirk won here too, along with Webb Simpson, like in the last decade. Um, so you have to putt here. Like you have to sink your putts. You look at the, the last few winners, they've all gained massive strokes on the greens and around the greens too. have to have good scrambling weeks. It's just so happened that those bombers, obviously like Rory, Bryce and JT, when they're firing in that facet of their game, they're probably going to win anyways. So they've come in here in good form. And if a guy like that comes in here in good form, he's probably going to win, right? Which is kind of why I like Bryson, because I do think he's in really good form. But Webb is Webb is absolutely fine, in my opinion. I think, again, I brought up him compared to Shoffley. I think that's a good pivot going down to Webb. Um, definitely agree that you'll get lower ownership there. 
And, um, you know, again, just on day, we have seen the chalky players like win a lot lately. So maybe that's the argument for them. But I agree. I mean, the ownership on day will we'll get up there. Um, obviously, you, you can't fade and play everyone. But um, that's something to watch out for as, as the, uh, the week goes on. 8K guys, there's a bunch of them now. So along with those lower $9,000 players on DraftKings, I think these guys are kind of in that bucket as well. You got Berger, Finau, Tiger, Hideki, Casey, who you mentioned, Scott playing his second event since the restart, Fleetwood, Vic, Big Dick Vic, Scotty Scheffler, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Hatton and Rose. I never really play Tony Finau all that often, but it feels like a lot of people are just going to be playing Berger. Not to say, again, that Finau won't be owned, because he will. He's always owned. But I do like this setup for him yeah. a lot. So I'm going to play Finau, I'm going to play Hideki, and I'm going to play Hatton at 8000 bucks. Yeah, I am starting to see um, Berger get up there. It's a little surprising, to be honest. Um, I mean, it shouldn't be surprised. He's been so consistent. He's basically, you know... He's American Jason Day at this point. They just top 10 like every event. He's in, he's obviously in contention at the, at the PGA Championship too. And his price really, you know, you can make the argument that like, he should easily be around around or above Cantlay right now. So um, I, I definitely will have some exposure to Tony Finau as well. I've kind of gone like, yeah, since the start of the week, I've gone very back and forth on Tony Finau and stuff. It just, is this going to be the spot? No. Why are you keep, why are you playing Tony Finau, Jeff? Like he, he's not going to fucking win. Why are you betting Tony Finau? He's not going to fucking win, but I bet Tony Finau. Um, I, I really feel like the changes that he's made very similar to Jason day. It, it's good. It's helpful. You know, he's, he's got his swing coach on the bag. Now, apparently he's looked very good just managing the course. I don't think he did anything wrong at the PGA championship, not to win, except hit a pin too hard with one of his chips. It didn't sink, or he could have done almost the same thing as more did coming down the stretch. So got a little bit of unlucky there at the PGA I do feel like this guy has a big win coming at some point. He's just too good. Uh, and realistically, just from a DraftKings perspective, who cares if he wins? If he just keeps top five and making a ton of birdies at 8,800, that is really all you need. So if he's going to be even slightly lesser owned than Berger, I'll definitely play him on DraftKings. Um, I think, you know, Tiger and Matsuyama, I, I've got written down here for Tiger, really needs to get the putter firing this week. And I'm not confident that that's necessarily going to happen. Obviously we want it to happen. He's like 40 to one in the odds, which is really interesting, but um, I'm probably okay. Just, just fading him for one more week. I played him at the PGA because he got really low ownership on him and kind of ended up regretting it. Cause I could have just gone down to Colin Moore, Callum Moore. So. So the four guys in this area, besides Tiger, who looks like he's going to come in sub 10% once again, no one's using, like legit, no one is using Fleetwood at 8300 yeah. bucks. Yeah. Fitzpatrick, he's on the outs, and no one's using Justin Rose. I will use Justin Rose, and spoiler alert, Jeff, I'm going back to the well. I bet Justin Rose is 66 to 1 last night. This is when you have to bet Justin Rose. Everyone, like, what is it? We got like four cuts, missed cuts, and like the T9 at the PGA. This, this is when you got to hop on Justin Rose, in my opinion. And I don't mind. I'm not going to bet him. I'm not that crazy. But uh, playing him at 8K for DraftKings, I might get me a part of that. Um, definitely just seems to be playing like the the low sediment on Justin Rose when everyone's sick of him. And then when it's high sediment, you just get off that train. You just jump off the boat and uh, watch it go down from the sidelines. But, um, yeah, what a crazy, like, stretch for Justin Rose. Just looks amazing for a couple events. Misses three cuts in a row somehow. Like, I don't know. I don't know when the last time Justin Rose missed three cuts in a row prior to this hiatus uh, restart thing. And then almost wins the PGA. Um, I don't know. 
I don't know what's going on with Justin Rose, to be honest, but definitely at 8K. I mean, this is, you know, it's just kind of like a, I think I, what I wrote at Justin Rose is just like a pedigree value. He's, he's, he's good. He's not, he's obviously not that far off from, from his best form, considering he, he was almost in contention late at the PGA. I mean, it's fine to jump on him at 8K. I'm not touching Tommy Fleetwood after he sunk my Wyndham lineups. I had a, I had a six of six last week, Pat, that shot like, 15 over par on the weekend. So that was, uh, oh, that was oh, a real oh, oh. Let, 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 let me ask you, uh, who was in that lineup? Because I had a few, I, I looked on Sunday, like guys were going low on Sunday. I looked at like the one six of six that I had. It had like yeah. Landry, List, Munoz, List. Fleetwood. I was like, oh my God, like everyone else on the course is making a ton of birdies and you guys are fucking me. All you can do is make bogey. Like what is going on here? I am glad that we we can uh, reminisce about this. It was one of the craziest Sundays. I and mean, it's the Wyndham, right? So you expect, like, worst-case scenario players are going, like, even par? No. Fleetwood, List, Rogers, and someone else in there as well. I know there's at least one more player. And then there's Harris English, shot, like, one one under, right? So, um, and I think I, I think I even had Redmond in there. And I still, I went from, like, you know, top 10% lineup to basically, like, you know, well out of the catch. So, Sweet week. I'm not playing Tommy Fleetwood. That's I, I do not know what's going on with his ball striking. Clearly, he uh, needs a little more competitive practice or something. But uh, I'm sure he'll turn around. Just uh, I'm not going there. I, I just did the uh, the legwork on Justin Rose. Uh, my database on fantasynational.com slash mayo if you want 20% off. Goes back to 2012, and he has never missed three cuts in a row before he just did. That, that sounds about right. I mean, I, I just, I mean, obviously we've been doing this for a while, Pat, and I do not recall Justin Rose ever going through that bad a stretch from just from missed cuts. He's obviously had bad stretches of golf, but um, yeah. So not, not surprising to hear. Um, he's, he's got really good bank grass putting stats. He's got a really good record at TPC Boston. Um, he's runner up solo run up the year Bryson, the year Bryson won. So it could easily turn around again. Uh, wouldn't shock me in the least. Like I said, I definitely do not mind in this range. I probably even prefer going to him over, uh, I shouldn't say prefer, but for GPPs, you'll get low ownership. I was going to say prefer over Chef and Hatton, but I mean, just from a pure like player standpoint, I mean, I, I don't know if I can make that argument, but low ownership for sure. So. Hey, I, I much prefer Hatton and of the low owned guys, yeah. Justin Rose is going to, like he said, he was runner up to Bryson in 2018. He was T10 in 2017 uh, when Justin Thomas won at TPC Boston. He's just trading bad rounds for good rounds right now. So, yeah. I mean, it was a bad round, round one at the Wyndham, pretty good round, round two at the Wyndham. Now, the, the Wyndham is a completely different beast than what they're going to see this week at TPC Boston. But you know, you give me a rose at 4% ownership. You know, I don't need, to, if I play 20 lineups, I can use him in three. And then I'm way over the field. I have a bet on him to win. I believe in him for unknown reasons, but I'm just going to go back to the well. And of all of the low-owned guys in this range, I think, like, where you get the discount on the price, like, I prefer him to Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick can go and put the lights out. That can always happen. But I just don't really like the stature of his game right now. When I think about, like, what ideally fits TPC Boston. You need to have a bit of power and hit some fairways and smash your long irons. Like, there's a reason he's played well here. There's a reason Casey has played well here. There's a reason Stenson has won here. There's a reason I love Morikawa this week, because that's what he does. That I just really think that that's going to be the path you want to follow. Absolutely. Um, all those guys, obviously, great ball strikers. And, and um, again, I mean, you've, you've had some, some weird winners. I guess you could say Ricky was a bit of a weird winner here, but... Um, he, he's a guy who can get in, in line with his irons. I mean, he's sitting there at 7,900. 
I'm probably not going to go there, but you should get low of really tiny ownership on Ricky Fowler, which is crazy because he's under AK. He'll still get some ownership because he's Ricky, but um, you know, again, another, another ownership argument you can make if you're just sick of Justin Rose, I, I don't hate it. I mean, just because Fowler can get so hot with his putter as well. He's another player with, with great bent, bent grass putting spits. I think the, the player I kind of prefer in this range is probably Billy Horschel. Woo. Seventy nine hundred bucks on Horschel. Like this upper sevens is filled with a lot of name value, but like me, I think everyone's just going to use Matthew Wolf. Yeah, and and which is weird. It's it. I know I talked about this yesterday too. It's going to be interesting to see if this is the week where like everyone jumps on Wolf. It it definitely might be. I mean, he obviously just did the prime time thing where he uh, you know lit it up on a Sunday at a major, kind of similar to what we've seen with Fleetwood in the past you know, at a U.S. Open or something. And that's kind of gotten him to be one of these popular players where everyone wanted to play him for a bit. I wonder if this is like the coming out party for Matthew Wolf, just in terms of DFS ownership. It certainly could be. And again, I I, I kind of like Porschel, but again, it, it's a, it, it involves him being lower owned than Matthew Wolf. Um, Porschel, obviously a guy who lit it up last week. I think, uh, you know, the state of his game looks pretty good. Uh, he looked good out there on Sunday. You know, he had the tight shirt rocking and stuff like that. So um, maybe I'm just getting suckered in on Billy Horschel, but he's obviously a playoff performer and uh, a player who can who can get hot with with his putter and around the green game as well. So I think I don't think Horschel's going to be higher owned in this um, in this uh, section either because there's so many big names around here. So a player who kind of popped off for me, anyways, at first look. I will say this: I kind of am okay fading all the guys at, from between like 79 to 78 because. There's a ton of players between like 75, 77 that um, have a lot of interest for me. Uh, let me guess. Louis Oosthuizen. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to bring him up, we can talk about him a bit. I mean, Louis is interesting this week. How, how, how about this? Uh, di- hot fire, best rapper of all time. Five of the best rappers of all time. Hot fire, Dylan Fratelli. Plus 170, low South African over Louis. Oh, I don't know about that, Pat. You don't want to, you don't want to take Louie at these elite. You don't want to fade Louie at these elite field like WGC playoff type events, man. This is where this is where he makes his bread. This is where he just plans in those top tens and gets all his world ranking points and somehow stays above, you know, the inside the top thirty of the world rankings without getting a win for like five years. So I don't know if I do that, but uh, Dylan is, is definitely playing well. A guy in the, the low seven k, you can play. Look, Louie gains strokes everywhere at the PGA championship and lost three strokes putting and still came like T 33. He's actually playing well. Um, so 7,500, he will definitely be mixed inside my player pool. No shock there. Um, may have even bet him at hundred to one. Not, not going to say yes or no, but uh, obviously yes. But um, I, I really, I don't know what, what's your feelings on your guy in this range? Oh. I really like Siwoo Kim this week. I, like, I, I think I might go like I was just looking at all like this, just the very early ownership, and it's just shocking to see the guys with high numbers next to their name and the guys with low numbers next to their name. So the only four guys from seventy-five to eight thousand right now that project in double digits: Wolf, Answer, M, and Harris English. And we have Horschel, Fowler, Spieth, Woodland, Siwoo Kim. Kisner, Champ, Louie, Lowry, all in that range. And the Todd father is like 1% owned. Like, it, it feels like if you're going to do an ownership pivot anywhere this week on the slate, it's this range. Like, just avoid the chalk and, and go yeah. with the higher end talent. This, and this is what I was talking about off the start, why I love this range. 
Like, why is Sebo Kim projecting for solid single position ownership? The dude was T3 last week. He's been beast moding T to green and, and approach shots. Why are people out on him here? I don't understand. It's not like this is, isn't a player who has beaten, like, you know, roasted elite fields before. Um, I was actually surprised he was 7,700. And I was really surprised you could get him at like 100 to 1 in the betting odds. This is the first guy I clicked this week. So um, if you're someone who bet Siwoo Kim last week at 33 to 1, and now you're not going to bet him at like triple the digits after what he did last week. Look, he had one bad shot on Sunday. That's the only reason he didn't win. That and Jim Herman, like, you know, went invincibility mode and, and just was was probably going to win that tournament anyways. But, man, you can't really fault Siwoo for what he did last week. Um, really surprising. Uh, I, I really like him, this, the, the potential here. Look, it, it's still Siwoo. I mean, he could he could go, you know, revert back to having like a Siwoo week. And I guess that's why part of why people are scared. But, He's made seven cuts in a row, T3 at the PGA. Like I said, I mean, consistent with the T to green all week. Um, I, I absolutely love his upside for this course, Steve. I think it, I think it, it you know, benefits an aggressive player like Siwoo. If he's drivable par fours, dude is, is not going to not hit driver here. So um, really like him as a play. Love him as a pivot in this range if he's going to be uh, under 10%. Yeah, I have him around like 7% right now. And I, I think that's just, I, I'm looking at Fantasy National and their ownership projections. And I think I just, it's probably the the influence that when you rate him out, like he rates very highly in the stats that I'm looking at uh, since the restart. He's like sure. six, 16th in this field overall. Harris English is actually 12th. I'm not going to use Harris English. Why would I do that? Doc Redmond <laughs> at 7,400 bucks. He's eighth. Harold Varner, 18th. I actually think I'm going to use Harold Varner this week the guy is great on long approaches like get him from 150 175 or 200 plus that's his jam and i mean he's probably not going to chip in a bunch of times like he did last week but generally the driver is very good the approach is really good why not roll with big harry v during these emotionally turbulent times, everyone's looking for a way to feel more financially secure. So, if you're still needlessly throwing money every month at high-interest credit card debt, it's time you checked out Upstart, the revolutionary online lending platform that knows you're more than just a credit score. Now is the time to find out how low your Upstart rate can be to help pay off high-interest credit card debt. Unlike other lenders, Upstart can reward you based on your education and job history in the form of a smarter rate. You don't need a degree or diploma to apply, though. Upstart lets you skip going to the bank because it's completely online. They offer loans from $1,000 to $50,000 so you can consolidate your debt into one easy fixed-rate payment. Upstart makes it fast and simple to check your rate. Since it's a soft pull, it won't affect your credit score. The hard pull happens if you accept your rate and proceed with your application. And the best part? If the loan is approved and accepted, most people get their funds the very next business day. Over 400,000 people have used Upstart to pay off their credit card or meet their financial goals. Free yourself from the burden of high-interest credit card debt and get back to using your money your way with Upstart. See why Upstart has a 4.9 out of 5 rating on Trustpilot and hurry to upstart.com slash mayo to find out how low your Upstart rate can be. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes. That's upstart.com slash mayo. Your loan amount will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Not all applicants will qualify for the full amount. <laughs> Dude, um, Big Harry V just about won this event last year. I mean... Um, he can definitely compete again. And at 7,400, 
Uh, not a player you necessarily need to to win, obviously. I mean, I don't think people need me to, need, need me to tell you that, but agree. Um, this this is kind of his jam, and, and I'm interested in, in Doc Redman a little bit in this range too. I think, again, it, it just feels like people are just ready to just jump off all the players who played well at the Wyndham last week. I think there's actually a little bit of correlation between that course and this course. I'm not saying they're they're directly the same, but um, definitely like you, you need to putt a little bit better here. Uh, the, the, around the green game, I think is a little bit more emphasis at TBC Boston and it's a more of a driver heavy course. Sure. But you still need, like, it, it's still a big approach thing where, you know, guys are hitting their long irons. Well, there there's, there was quite a few long par fours in play at the Wyndham last week. So realistically, like guys who did well, there shouldn't just fall off the map here. It's not like this is uh, like going to be a U.S. open setup or anything. It's still going to be. Uh, a bit of a score fest. I think it played as the 37th easiest venue uh, in 2018. So I'm in on, on Varner too. I, I think uh, again, just another good pivot down here that this is definitely a range where I agree hundred percent. Like if someone's getting chalky, there's so many places you can go with similar upsides. So Varner definitely down there, uh, a player I had uh, circled and uh, Benny Ann for, for kind of similar reasons. Oh boy. Um, another guy just playing well through the bag. Uh, I don't know if, if he's going to bring the same putter we saw at PGA championship, but it is nice to see he's, he's gained multiple strokes putting in, in each of his last two starts. So uh, for me in that lower sevens, like I said, you got Werner, I have Henley and Neiman all starred right now. Should I be taking a harder yeah. look at like Phil or Bubba? Phil Phil's Phil's interesting. I, I, I just, it's hard for me to click on Phil because it's just like something clicks in my mind. It's like, oh, he's 50 now. You shouldn't play him. But, well, it's weird because um, I, I, I've been using Phil a lot recently. Yeah. And he just makes so oh. many birdies. <laughs> no, absolutely. And th- this is a course he, he loves. I mean, he this is one of the, th- the venues, his favorite venues. I mean, he's, he's come out and said he absolutely loves the changes and stuff like that when they redesigned the course. He won here the first year uh, after like uh, the Gil, Gil Hans or whatever uh, redesigned. So, um yeah, it, it is the only the only problem with Phil is like you said. I mean, I really like Henley. Obviously, I mean, people who know me, uh, not no shock there. But he's playing really, really good golf right now. Not just his approaches uh, around the green is is really coming together for him too. So did putt well last week. I probably slightly like the upside there, but Phil is definitely a player I'd circled in this range as well. Um, it just comes down to like HV three and Nicholson uh, Henley. I mean, these are all players I kind of want to play. So. Ranking wise, I, I'm probably I would probably put Henley at the top of the list for me. Again, I just feel like complete complete gameness. He's got it going right now. But um, Phil, Benny, and, and HV3 all kind of birdie machines that I would definitely not feel bad playing two of these guys in a GBP lineup. Um, should get lower ownership on on all of them real, realistically. So uh, by the numbers, uh, since the, over the last two months uh, of tournaments and all of the rounds that you can include in there, the best per the numbers in ranking-wise, Henley, Redman, Werner, Ryan Palmer, Dylan Fratelli are your guys, if you just want to go strictly by the numbers. And, like, I don't know what to do with Ryan Palmer. Like He keeps making cuts. That's good news. But with 125 yeah. players in the field this week, a higher percentage of the field is going to make the cut than we've seen recently. Yeah, Ryan Palmer is one of those guys who I, I don't I – don't, I rarely play Ryan Palmer, but I always seem to regret not playing him. Like, obviously he has – just because he, he pops with, with really good weeks with those irons sometimes. And it's like, Oh, why was it Ryan Palmer on my radar? Um, and it almost feels like it's setting up as another week like that. I mean, we talked about HV three, but 
mean, Palmer's obviously like a really good iron player. Um, you would think that with, with, you know, emphasis on lying irons and, and stuff like that, that, that he could definitely come into focus here, but it is, a, it is a, 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 again, another week where you kind of got to get the putter firing and upside wise probably would, would almost rather just go down to Benny. Um, I just feel like uh, Benny's probably, if everything comes together for him, has a better shot at winning, has, does better win equity. And I know that's crazy saying that, but I mean, obviously we're also talking about Ryan Palmer who, um, puts himself in position a lot, but you know, rarely comes through with the wins. So he's a player. Um, I mean, again, it's this, this range is, is chock full of guys. Uh, I kind of am interested in, you can't play everyone. Would you mix, would I mix Ryan Palmer into like a, a hundred lineups or something? Yeah. I, I'd have no problem doing that, but uh, ranking wise, he would probably come out like fourth or fifth for me of, of those guys we talked about. 6k guys you probably don't need to go this low with some of the ways that we've talked about like hey that 8k range and lower nines is super congested with good talent that if you just wanted to build your balance lineup that way you could do it if you want to play the the bryson jt lineup then you're gonna have to go down in this range so i like kevin nah because i'm me i love kevin nah always uh 6800 bucks norlander i don't care how chalky he gets 6600 bucks i like the gooch at 65 and Seb Straka rates out really well for this course. He could not drive the ball for shit at Wyndham, but I think he can get it back on track here. He's generally a really good driver of the ball, and he's really good with his long irons. Like, he's really good from 175 plus. Like, just to look at him versus the field down here when you have Seb Straka, 6,300, first in this field in proximity from beyond 200 yards since the restart, fifth from 175 to 200 yards as well. He's been putting all right. He can make some eagles. Uh, there are eagleable holes at this course. Just get the driver going, and he should be good. And if a higher percentage of players are going to make the cut, I don't mind rolling the dice on someone like him. Yeah, I mean, you definitely don't have to go below 7K this week, but the good news is it feels like anyone below here is going to be super low owned, which is can really can be nice, especially if you're going with some chalky players up top. So um, Straka is, is just, he's, he's all or nothing, right? Like he, he, when he gets going, I mean, he's very much Ryan Palmer-esque, like he will just get himself in the mix and he's so much cheaper than a guy like Ryan Palmer. So I definitely understand uh, the, the attraction there. I might have to check him out a little bit more because he's like the, the second person who's told me to, to play Seb Straka. So um, I, I, I obviously he's been around for a year and a bit, but the guy can just beast tee the green. So definitely as a GPP pick, he stands out there. Uh, Cam Davis is probably the other name that stands out. A guy who can make a ton of birdies, played well last week at the Wyndham. And he's kind of hit or miss too, but um, when, he's been really consistent. We saw consistency from him early in the season too. So might be an interesting play. Again, the, the nice thing is, even though we're talking about these players and they kind of stick out for us, I don't think any of these guys will crack 5%. So no, Norland, even, even no, us, Nor, I would say that Norlander is the only one that could potentially push double digits. Unless you go to the top and like great. people great. gravitate towards, I don't know, Corey, Con- Burns, Corey, Corey Connors would be the one for me. Like if yeah. It's weird that no one uses Corey Connors anymore. It feels like a pretty good Corey Connors course. I guess if chipping and putting come into it, it's not, but... Uh, ball striking wise, you know, if you're going to use Ben and you may as well just use Corey Connors too. Yeah. And, and he's cheaper. So this is definitely a spot where you could get back on him. Um, again, it, it's nice because Corey Connors has been like uber chalk at, at points, especially since the restart. So, uh, again, just buy low people. I mean, Brendan Steele, I guess could get some ownership here, but Brendan Steele um, sucks at this course for whatever reason. Oh, does he? Yeah. Okay. So he needs to miss the cut. Take his time off so we can go win at Silverado in like three weeks. 
That's true, right? Yeah, the Brennan Steel Open is, is vastly approaching here. Um, Got to get that that win in. Uh, what will he be for that event? Like fourteen to one. But here's I just bring him up because he's a player I targeted at the, the PGA and he came through. But um, obviously, haven't put a ton of thought into him. If I if I don't even know what his course history is, so he has cut. Um, he missed the cut. 56, 72nd, 44th, 50th, and 20th, dating back to 2013. Mm-hmm. Like, no, not even one pop from him. Look, like, I don't need many reasons not to play Brandon Steele, so that's more than enough. Um, I actually am in on Kevin Na this week, and I, I remember the last time we did the show, I think we had a discussion about Kevin Na, and I said I hadn't even thought about him all year, and you either play Kevin Na every week or you don't, but here's my argument on Kevin Na. Dude, okay, we know he's got a wonky back, and he's kind of been resting all season, but also know that Kevin Na is one of those guys likes he likes cash he likes to get those points and this is like this is cash season right like this is when this is when he's going to get that epidural pad or whatever they put in there and just get going for three weeks I think it I think it makes a lot of sense this week um I, I really do feel like again if he's going to be committed for like a good three month three event stretch this is it gonna try and get that East Lake position that that's kind of where Kevin Na is at his career I mean Getting to Eastlake, a top 30, gets in all the majors. I know he's up there in the world rankings now, but still, like, that's a big thing for a veteran like Kevin Na. So um, I, I think uh, I, I'm definitely going to be in. This is a, I'm going to pull the trigger and get me some Kevin Na exposure. I did bet him too at whatever odds he was at 200. 200. Two, 200 to one is what I got him at. Yeah, I, 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 I might have been 200. I can't, I can't remember. I just clicked it like the, I do. The, the miscuts. And like withdraw, it's mainly the withdraws. Like if you play Kevin now, you yeah. get what you deserve when he withdraws. It's happened to me like three times. But he oh, also, sure. but then he rebounds with like a top five at like one percent ownership. It's like all right, you know, I, I probably wasn't going to win the week he withdrew anyway. So if I can use him and no one else has him and he pops, we're good to go. He's had some success at this tournament before. He's still hitting his irons incredibly well. He didn't play well at the PGA Championship. A lot of guys didn't play well at the PGA Championship. That's no big deal to me. But he missed the cut. That was his last event. Uh, and he had two top tens and three starts before that and was playing well at St. Jude until like the final day. The driving has flipped itself back to its normal shittiness, but the irons are up, the yeah. putting's back up. We're on bent. That's his preferred surface. He's someone who can win at this price point. And there are very few guys in this field you can actually say that about. Now, he probably has the highest likelihood to score zero points because he withdraws before the first tee. That's on the table too. But these are the sort of high variance guys that I really like. Like we can, I can talk about Norlander or Cam Davis or Seb Straka. Like Na is just on a different level than these guys. He's like a top 30 player in the world. And if I had to quiz you on when was the last time that Kevin Na missed consecutive cuts on the PGA Tour was. Ooh, yeah, he doesn't miss uh, a lot of cuts. Um, at least not not does he doesn't. Again, this is kind of part of the reason why I like him. Um, 2015. 18. He missed at the RBC Heritage okay. and the Valero Texas Open in April. And before that, you'd have to go back to the API and Masters in 2017. So it's been like two years. So now watch him miss two consecutive cuts. But either way, I, I just think that his talent versus the price. When you look at all of the players down in this range, it's him. Like he's the guy. Absolutely. I mean, you can make the, the world golf rankings. You can make kind of everything, but I mean, again, I, I really feel like this is, he's, he's set himself up for, for this part of the season. This is why he's resting his back. So he can go all in on the playoffs and, and, and then majors and stuff like that. Um, this is a, a big part of the season. He's, he's pretty much, he, he's in a good position at the, and very much, he's, he's, his season is almost like Tiger. I mean, he's, he's setting himself up. He's, he's got to win. 
you know, he's coming in here in okay ranking, but he's rested. And this is when he wants to play like two or three events in a row. So I think this is a good time to take a shot on Kevin. Na. Obviously, and, and this is coming from someone again, who hasn't had a thought about Kevin Na all season, just because I don't want to deal with that, you know, withdraw. What is he going to play? Is he not going to play headaches? So um, I'm definitely in on him. I also say this, I mean, I think Jason Kokrak just below him has a lot of the same similarities, a player who can pop, uh, has as like a better chance of really coming inside like the top five for you than most of these players we're talking about, like a better chance of like a Norlander or uh, or someone like that. And, and he played pretty well last week, but uh, now will probably be my guy here. So. so the two, maybe three guys in the lower sevens, and we just kind of glossed over them just because I know that two of them, no one is going to, and they actually rate out incredibly well for their overall skill set. One, I could only I only mentioned this because I got like eight separate tweets from people like I will never play Ryan Moore ever again. He missed a cut on me. <laughs> he hits his long irons really well. Like he used to be like a wedge guy. He's hitting his long irons really well, and like he's someone who sneaky gets hot during the FedEx Cup playoffs. And the other one is Shez Reevy. He also missed the cut last yeah. week, but you know he didn't play well at the PGA Championship. He missed the cut at Wyndham. Before that, he was fucking great. <laughs> Do people not know not to play Ryan Moore when he's chalky fat? Like. Is that, is that not a thing? Like, should we be tweeting that out more? Dude, of course you don't play Ryan Moore when he's, like, 20% owned and everyone's like, oh, it's Ryan Moore week. I'm going to bet him in everything. He's going to win. No, this is when you get on Ryan Moore and everyone hates him. He's, he's like Justin Rose, man. I mean, um, yeah, 7,100. I, I agree. He was He's looking pretty solid. Um, look, at the Wyndham, it, it was hit or miss whether the putter and, and shipping was going to show up. And um, you really obviously need to make all your putts at the Wyndham, but – um, the T to green game is there. It's a little bit tougher test. Yeah. Why not? I, mean, I almost forgot he was in this field to be honest, but ratings wise, he does. Uh, I know he showed up, uh, in a couple of the, the things I ran on fantasy national as well. I use that. So, um, interesting play. I, I had Norrin circled down here. Uh, I really like the way his, his around the green and obviously just the putting that he can bring, but, uh, Ryan Moore is definitely probably playing yet. You might even get like half ownership on more compared to Norrin. So, um, Ches Reeve, the dude do. I just don't give enough credit to, to be honest. Like I, I'm always like, oh, do I really want to play Ches Reeve? He's kind of like Zach Johnson-esque and I just hate playing those guys, but he's such a solid player does pop up in, in the playoffs. So more Reeve, I'm probably playing more just because I, you know, again, I like to play the, the players who are way down in sentiment and stuff like that. But um, Ches probably the better overall player right now. Uh, I'm also going to use Luke list. I think at 6,700 bucks. Did you know well, that's, I mean, Obviously, you're going to play Luke List. Did you know that the two worst putting events of his career have actually been the last two weeks? <laughs> he was really bad. He lost 7.5 strokes at the PGA Championship and was like top five in tee to green. And was then he it, was, uh, and then I'm thinking 7.5. No one could lose that many. Like he, even if he loses two at the Wyndham, he's going to be fine. And what does he do at the Wyndham? He loses 7.5 on the greens. I think it was, I think it was Feinberg who tweeted out um, one of his putting, like he, he like three putted from like five or something. Like it was, it was embarrassing. Um, but the Tita green is yeah, back. I, like list went through this period where he was a shitty putter, but he was like, when you would punch him into fantasy national or any sort of stat model, like, oh, man, yeah. this guy hits the shit out of the ball, like at an yeah. elite level. And then, like, he started popping up with top tens and everything like that because the putting wasn't a complete atrocity. And then, like, he lost his swing. He lost his irons. He couldn't chip anymore. And he was, like, legit bad. 
but he won on the corn ferry like three months ago and he's been good tee to green like for DraftKings purposes he's gonna make birdies even though he can't putt which is scary to think about if he just gained a stroke putting for a week what would happen then Probably the same thing that, that happened to Russell Henley last week is he, is he got himself inside the top 10 or whatever. Um, yeah, it's look, I've kind of just erased Luke Willis from my memory after like the last weekend because he ruined, like I said, my best six of six lineup. But um, t- the dude is he's he's team no putt, Pat. I mean, he's he's a great ball striker, he's he's very attractive play for, for people like us who just pops out T to green. And you're right. I mean, um, he's definitely playing good golf. I mean, he has, he's a player, won a professional golf tournament like uh, two mu- like less than two months ago. So um, definitely some credits to that theory. I wouldn't shock me if he showed up at some point in these like next two events with a really good result. So I don't know if it'll be here. I don't like it as much here maybe as next week, because again, it does seem like a, an event where you really need to like gain strokes putting to get yourself inside that top 10 um, you know, maybe even multiple strokes. So I, that's just the way that, that recent events here played out. It doesn't mean it's going to play out this year, but I might, I'm, I'm probably okay fading Luke List at this price. Like I said, maybe go up to Kograk and, and I'm definitely out of peace and all. But statistically wise, yeah, you're right. I and mean, Luke List is kind of back. So nice to see. Uh, I'll, I'll, we can make a wager. We can go List versus Kograk, more DraftKings points. Okay. okay. That's win? a good one. Right. Those are two guys who, you know, will probably miss their fair share of putts. <laughs> yeah, they'll probably both miss the cut. Yeah, probably both. I'll probably both miss, like, uh, finish T60 or something because they'll lose seven strokes each on the I, weekend. Buddy. Uh, I think Feinberg played a Denny McCarthy versus Luke List round four matchup. <laughs> <laughs> How can you be Denny McCarthy and have the one week of your life where you hit your irons well. He's actually gained on approach in three consecutive weeks. Should we be playing Denny McCarthy? Like, is he heating up? I I don't know, man. I mean, uh, yeah. Like, did he lead the field in approaches last week? He gained seven strokes on approach. I assume that had to be top three, if not the best. I I didn't actually see how it turned out. I can can look that up for you right now. Let's see. First in approach, Denny McCarthy, seven strokes. Siwoo was second. Zach Johnson, Jim Herman, Kevin Kisner. One, two, three, four, five it's insane that he didn't like, I mean, he obviously had a good week, but you know, when, when Denny McCarthy gains strokes and approaches, I mean, man, you, you kind of expect like he's going to factor into the win, but um, maybe you should go back. I don't know. Um, that, it's a really good question. I, I know he popped up in, in like all the winning lineups last week. So kudos to people who just took a shot on him there. Obviously I think it was a good, good event to take a shot on him. And Could it carry over? I have no idea. I mean, this is a player who just, you know, popped out, out of nowhere with, with a good ball striking week. So um, I'll probably just play like Coke Racker or, you know, like you play list and just, you know, be like, oh, he's the the T to green dude. But um, no, I I, I, I guess the, the, the answer is no, I'm not playing Danny McCarthy. If he shows up again, I'll probably give him a harder look, but uh, no. Before this current stretch, which doesn't involve like a bunch of scroll, like 3M, PGA Championship, and the Wyndham, he's gained strokes on approach in three consecutive events. He has never done that before in his career. And, and again, kudos to the people who saw this, because um, obviously Danny McCarthy is a dude I do not dive into um, enough um, last week. And, and uh, you know, the people who, who put in the winning lineups, basically all I did uh, a sub- like 6% owned Danny McCarthy. Um, obviously we're going up a class and field and 
it does kind of feel like, you know, again, is he going to gain seven strokes on approaches again? No, 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 but let's say he gains like two on approach. Like he he only gained 3.8 strokes putting last week. That's like a bad week for him. So he's going to gain like 11 this week. It'll be fine. It's probably true. And again, maybe even rates out as like a better just cash game play because if you get even just like a, again, a, a gain stroke approach, he's probably going to make the cut. So I, I still like the, the upside with, with Kograk and Na a, a little bit better, but um, yeah, I mean, I, again, the, I, I wouldn't fault anyone for going back to this guy just because we know the profile player is, we know the putter can, can obviously pop off, pop off. And even if the uh, approaches regress a little bit, which quite frankly, they probably will. Um, he'll still probably have a really good chance at a top 20. So Definitely get that argument. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, going down here, just looking, I'm just seeing if there's any other players similar. I mean, Bud Colley popped off with a good putting week last week. I, I would say I that I would say that the only one, because he actually rates out really well, I just can't get there with him, is Richie Warinsky. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I just don't know what to do with him. So I'm just not going to use him. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to use the gooch instead. Yeah, the, and I think the Gooch rates out better for for an elite field like this. I mean, um, Wierenski is a guy who just he doesn't doesn't typically do that great in in like these bigger events. I mean, when you get him in like the Barbasol or the Barracuda, yeah, I mean, turns into you know Tiger Woods or whatever. But um, at these more elite field events, a guy who's just coming off his first win, I, I would much rather go back to Taylor Gooch, whose, whose approach game is really. Looks like he's coming together and uh, has, you know, has the T to green game to kind of challenge or at least get himself inside the top 20 here. So agreed there. Um, Renski is interesting. I'm not going to touch Patrick Rogers anymore. Uh, we're done there for the season. Hoagie maybe is a guy you could think about. I mean, he played obviously well in spurts. I was kind of interested in him coming off the PJ championship. And then I never really got to him last week. Um, obviously he had like a poor weekend, but um, he's, pretty good form as well yeah so my final thoughts on this like in terms of talking it through with you that i think that the best tournament pivots this week uh whether they play well or not i have no idea but it looks like dustin from the high end webb from the next level and then justin rose and or matthew fitzpatrick from the 8k range i would say uh, i definitely like webb i'm i'm completely out on dustin this week um, again, I don't like the price increase, the fact he's more, uh, you know, higher on than more callous. So I'll uh, be all about Bryce in that top range. Definitely like the web pivot. I'll eat the day chalk. Haven't decided in the 8K range who, like, I might just bathe that entire range, to be honest, because I really like going down to the 7K range. Wu, Louie, obviously. Uh, and I might even throw someone like, uh, you know, like Rose in there as well. So outside of Fee now, like the 8K range, and maybe Casey, um, the AK range might be uh, more of a fade range for me. Um, I really just like those pivots in the 7K range. All right. That will do it on the Pat Mayo Experience. Please rate and review the audio podcast, five stars. And whether you're watching the video or the audio, please subscribe to the Mayo Media Network. You can find that sub link in the description of this video or podcast. Ulrich, you can find it at DK Nation at the Fantasy Grind. Where else can people check out your work these days? Yeah, have uh, betting previews up on linemovement.com. Definitely check that out. Awesome. Do a weekly uh, review show on Mondays and have an article up there. So do please check those out. But you can just check me out on Twitter at the Fantasy Grind. I'll post all those eventually and you can leave your, your comments or your critiques uh, below. All right.
Remember to smash the like button for the video. Leave your comments. In the comment section, your favorite sleeper on DraftKings this week. Sounds like the Gooch might be my guy going at the Gooch. Maybe Denny McCarthy. Oh, hi, Denny. We'll figure that out later on, though. Uh, Wednesday show, I'll have my betting preview, final card. I've kind of said who I like already, but I'll hammer that down, top 20s. I don't know if I'm going to play first-round leaders this week. We'll see how that ends up going. I might change my mind overnight after I do some more research. I'll have some more football stuff coming this week, UFC stuff, obviously, with Cody and Paul. Yeah, it's just the normal stuff is going on, and we got a ton of football going on, so you don't want to miss it. It's a sub to the Mayo Media Network. Also, fantasynational.com slash Mayo gets you out there 20% off. Check that out. Good luck this week. I'll see you next time. Mayo experience! Experience!